The new sponsor for the month of May for both the Shepherd's Crook and the Fruitful and Fearless podcast is Reformation Coffee Company. Reformation Coffee is a small specialty coffee roaster in southwest Missouri that puts time and attention into high-quality, fresh-roasted coffee all to the glory of God. They seek to glorify God and point to His glory through a company that provides coffee to the best of their ability. Their tagline is, Reform Your Coffee Experience, because they want you to know that your coffee can be better. They are also happy to provide a superior alternative to that of the God-hating coffee giants who don't care about you. Right now, they offer three origins of whole bean coffee, Guatemalan, Brazilian, and Ethiopian. They recently started offering five-pound bulk coffee beans for churches. Email them at reformationcoffee at gmail.com for more details. You can visit them at reformationcoffee.com, on Instagram at Reformation Coffee Company, and on Twitter at Reformed Coffee. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I'm here live in my office today with a buddy of mine, and we're going to talk about life as fathers, and specifically, we're going to talk about having children, and not just a few of them, but however many God would give. Daniel is uh, an experienced dad, and we're going to talk about that. But we're going to go and pray first, and then I'll let him introduce himself, and we're just going to have a conversation, and and you guys are invited in to listen. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You ready? All right, yeah. All right, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time. We ask for your blessing upon this conversation. Thank you so much for children. Thank you that they are a blessing. And Lord, we're just so, just even thinking about kids, we're just thankful. And God, I know a lot of the people that are listening in are going to be pastors, and I pray that they would receive encouragement by this back and forth, talking about children and fathering and the importance of that. And God, we thank you for our wives who play just such a pivotal role in everything that goes on in our homes. And uh, we're just honored to have this conversation. We, we trust that you're going to lead it, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah. Okay, so this is Daniel Presley. And why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, and then tell us about your family, and then what you do. Alrighty. Uh, well, kind of hard to tell you about myself. I uh, guess I'll just start with, uh, since we're talking about family, how it all started. Okay. I mean, I'm 34 years old. I have seven children, one on the way. Uh, that'll be October 16th is the due date for that one. So. Okay. My birthday is the 24th. Yeah. So maybe it'll be extended a little bit. Liam's is the 14th. Oh, so okay. So he's hoping for same day. I bet I he, yeah, I think he does want that. Okay. I would, well, actually, I guess it'd be easier if we had two kids on the same day. Yeah, you could have the joint I party. Mean, they're close enough anyway. Right. So, I mean, trying to get, you know, like presents spaced out, is that's out the window. Mm-hmm. We've, got, we've got too many birthdays right. for that. So, uh, but yeah, me and uh, my wife is Brandy. Uh, we've been married for 15 years, come June. Man, that's wild. So not quite 15. It'll be 15 in June. You guys got married young. Yeah. Uh, she had literally just graduated high school, probably about three weeks before okay. that, if that. So we got married on June 16th, and I don't know when school got out that year, but mm-hmm. yeah, couldn't have been but a couple, two or three weeks. Right. And, and we got married. I was I was a year out of high school. I was 19 at the time. She was 18. Uh, what were you doing at that time work-wise? When we were engaged, I was working in a factory going to school full-time. Um, 
when right when we were getting real close to to the time we were getting married I got a phone call I'd put in for for to work for uh for the state uh, uh, mental health center mm-hmm and uh, I'm not sure if that was God's doing because not too much good came out of that or if it was me just not trusting his plan for me. Um, so anyway, I, I didn't drop out of school, but I, I went to school part-time and I took that full-time position. And uh, so I worked at the Mill Health Center for about two years while going to school part-time. Okay. And then how far along until the twins came? Uh, we got married in June, like I said, and then in November... Uh, we found out that we were pregnant. A couple funny stories about that. Uh, for one, when Brandy told me, you know, of course I was happy, but I probably didn't show it like she needed it. Okay. And as soon as she told me, I went and took a nap. Oh, no. <laughs> I guess I had to just... So you don't do that anymore? No. You made that mistake once, I yes, guess. Yes, once. Uh-huh. Uh, well, not quite once. I'll get to that. So, uh, so yeah, I go and take a nap. I guess I just had to... I, yeah, I was 19, nervous, uh-huh. like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a dad. I'm way too young for this. <laughs> so uh, so we go to the doctor and stuff like you do. They see the baby. Baby looks good. And this is, you know, like six, seven, eight weeks. Uh-huh. So time goes by. We go to the doctor many times. I can't remember if we have ever had any other ultrasounds, so I don't think we did. Okay. So at 20 weeks, we go to find out what this baby is find out the the sex of the baby and the girl says uh do you know there's two babies in here <laughs> oh man and we did not obviously uh-huh. right so of course we were excited um you know we went and told our families and stuff they were excited to find out what we were having and it mm-hmm. was exciting for us to show them like you know like the the ultrasound pictures mm-hmm. and they're like wait a second a, B, what's that mean? You know, so that was exciting. But of course, then it hit me again. Like, oh my gosh, I just got used to that. I'm having one baby. Yeah. And I'm having two at the same time. So what do you think I went and did? Took a nap. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. Okay. So uh, so now you're 19. You're working at this factory, going to school. And well, at this twins. time, I'm working at the mental health center. Oh, you're working at the mental if health I, center. If okay, I said yeah, gotcha. factory earlier, yeah. uh, I was working at the factory while we were engaged. When you were engaged, and then that's right. right before we that's got right. married, I got a phone call about this job. So I just yep. I, I didn't really pray through it or anything. It was mm-hmm. just like, okay, th- this is what my mom did. Mm-hmm. My stepdad worked in the state. You know, I need to just do this because it's going to be best for the family. And like I said, there, was, there wasn't very good fruit that came out of that other than finances but I mean I think if I would have just stuck with the factory going to school would have been prayerful I think God would have seen us through either way yeah so now fast forward to today you have seven with the eighth on the way and then you've got your job as a police officer Mm -hmm. at the school yeah you got uh, some rental properties also you got your hand in a little bit uh, we've got pro- one rental. Okay, rental. I would like to, uh, I actually just listened to uh, an episode that you did with, I think it was your friend Josh. From yeah, Alabama. Josh Rhodes, yeah. Um, a lot of good stuff. Right, um, it gets you thinking, doesn't yeah, it? I, yeah, it really did. And I've had this one rental property since 2017, and I've just sat on my hand since. You know, I, I should have, my parents got into rental properties. They had 25, okay. give or take, at well, their prime. I never want to get like that because mm-hmm. that was a that was a headache. 
um, even as you know me not running it, just being their kid, it, it right. was a headache. But by now, I I just you know I wish I wouldn't have sat on my hands for years. I could mm-hmm. have three, four, or five, right? And that would be a. I mean, this this rental has been a great blessing to my family. It came out of nowhere. Uh, we weren't really looking for it, but God just knew that we would need that extra money, hmm. and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, I'll yeah. tell you the story real quick. We went to a uh, to an auction because we were wanting to move from where we were living, which was actually just down the road from where you're at. And uh, so we went to an auction. This landlord, or uh, we'll call him a slumlord, he had a lot, like probably about 100 properties. He had passed away. Family didn't want the property, so hmm. they won't, they all went up for auction. So we went to look at just the piece of property, like land, possibly mm-hmm. to build on. And, you know, I'm seeing these houses go, you know, for eight, nine, ten thousand dollars $10,000. And just so all crazy. of a sudden, just all of a sudden, I started bidding on one, <laughs> and so I, I we got it right around ten thousand. I think out of my pocket, uh, by the time we closed and stuff, it was actually probably closer to seven or eight because they had to pay us like the for taxes and stuff. Okay, yeah. So I mean, I guess technically you could say I still paid ten, but I I consider it more like eight, and my renters paid uh, the taxes. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's a sweet deal. That episode with Josh, he said in there, you you can't save your way into financial freedom today like you could in generations past, but you have that multiple streams of revenue. Right. I was just actually messaging somebody earlier. Uh, they, they reached out about the camper out there, and that's why we got into the camper is let's rent this camper out. And um, Okay, so let's talk about fathering. And I know one of the things that you and Brandy had talked about, you mentioned this maybe a, a year, I was going to see if you remembered this, but you'd said that, you kind of thought that you you love being parents, and you kind of thought this is what God has for you, that you're probably going to be parents for the long haul, mm-hmm. that adoption is even a possibility after you guys have children, mm-hmm. and, and then this is just something that you seem to be built for and that God has wired you guys for. And, you know, I know you guys don't know Daniel uh, that are watching this, but many of you who are listening to this probably do, and uh, from, from our church and their family, we just love your family. It's an exemplary family. You guys credit God and His grace for that. But you guys just do such a graceful job of being parents and parents of a, of a large family or a larger family. So let's just talk about being a dad. And a lot of my listeners are pastors. And there is a, unfortunately, stereotype about pastors that has died a long, slow death. But it's one of the pastor who gives himself to the work, gives himself to the ministry, and a lot of guys can get caught up in this, where our identif- identity is so tied up into work, where fathering the household is something that's just for the wife. You know, that's just her thing. Uh, I can be present. I'll make the money. But why do you love being a dad? And why is it uh, something that's important for you guys to have the family that you have and have a big family? Well, uh, I guess I'll go back a little bit when... When I was when I was younger, and I don't necessarily remember this, but my mom reminds me often that I would say, you know, I don't want to have more than like one kid. Really? Yeah, because uh, I was in. There was three of us: my me and my two sisters, and and then my mom married my stepdad, and she and he had two daughters. So there was there was five of us with four girls. So and I also said I don't want any girls. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to have like one kid. No girls, I want it to be a boy. If I have two kids, I want them both to be boys. 
So, uh, so then God gave me two girls right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, so even after, right after we got married, you know, I had no plans on having a lot of kids. At this point, it wasn't, you know, that I wanted to have one or two. Um, but I didn't want to have that many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just had it in my mind. You know, yeah. I just want to live the American life. Right. You know, just raise raise a, two or three kids and, mm-hmm. you know, then be a grandpa or whatever. <laughs> um, so I had, well, I had two girls, so I had obviously wanted to try for a boy. Mm-hmm. So uh, we did, and we we had Graham, who was a boy. And then, uh, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. It's like, okay, well... Three's not too bad, you know. Mm-hmm. We've only got one boy. Let's let's try to have another boy. Yep. And uh, so we did. And we had a boy. And then uh, I actually thought we were done. I, I didn't know if I wanted to have So after four, more. you thought yeah. you're done. Yeah, me and Brandy actually got into some arguments because she was really trying to push me into having another one. Um, and her arguments were good. Mm-hmm. She, she has a good argument. Uh, you know, show me in the Bible where, you know, kids aren't a blessing. Yeah. And I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually, I don't know if I want to say, you know, she, she wore me down, but I would say more, uh, you know, God opened my heart to it. Mm-hmm. So we actually did. We tried and had, uh, and had another girl, had Charlotte, uh, she, which uh, we'll go back just a little bit. The girls were C-sectioned. Okay. Charlotte was C-sectioned after oh. two natural births. Oh, really? Okay. So I thought, okay, she's done just because I... You know, she probably can't have any more. Right. Because yeah. I don't want her to have a, you know, I was I was nervous at the time about her having another C-section. Yeah, it's scary. Because, Jor- I mean, Jordan's had three. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it's scary. So, at this point, she's had two with two natural bursts in the middle. So, I, for that reason, I thought we were done. So, some time goes by, and we, we start talking about the idea of possibly adopting. Mm-hmm. Which, my idea of adopting, you know, I think, and, and I still don't know that much about it. But we were entertaining the idea of it. But my idea was, man, this is going to be really expensive. I don't know if we're going to be able to, but you know, if it's mm-hmm. God's will, we'll, yeah. you know, we'll we'll kind of look into some things. And if it's God's will, God's will will happen. So then, out of the blue, literally just one day out of the blue, we get a phone call um, from a family member saying that uh, her niece, which is Brady's second cousin, mm-hmm. is. Uh, she she's having some issues. She's got five kids at this time, and into drugs and whatnot. And uh, all of her kids are being taken away if they're not already gone already. But mm-hmm. nobody. But there's a, there's a boy that she has that nobody wants. None of these none of the family members want to take him. So we said we'll come get him. Mm-hmm. You know. So basically, we uh, uh, we had the aunt contact that part of the family and let them know that we were interested and it kind of just all went from there that day we drove up there wow. to uh Bethalto, i think that that assimilation into the family seemed like you know him coming in zane just fit right in oh, pretty much it seemed like he did right away i mean it was almost like he was always there and what's funny is he he looks like the rest of my kids he does he i know really there's does. i know there's like a faint relation, like blood-wise, because, like I said, Brandy and his uh, birth mom are second cousins. Right. I think second cousins. Maybe they're first cousins. Okay. No, that's what it is. They're first cousins. Okay. So Brandy and Zane are actually second, second cousins. Second cousins. Okay, yeah. gotcha. 
Gotcha. I think that's the way it works. So there is actually yeah. some blood there, mm-hmm. but it's it you know it's crazy to to look at Zane and the rest of my kids. You would think that he's just one of mine. Yeah, there was a scene a couple of weeks ago at church where Zane was acting up or something, or he was standing up or something, and I just watched, and you leaned back and you snapped your fingers one time, and he changed his behavior and attitude and just got <laughs> right in line real quick. Yeah, we. And, I, I try to be consistent with him. Yeah. Try to, get them to where they can, you know, function in church. It, he does good, but sometimes he just needs a just, just yeah. a full snap. <laughs> but I I love that because it it does seem like even his his temperament has there there's a way about your family and it seems like he just stepped right into that way, you know, of of living and and uh so that it seemed like you're on the outside looking in. I mean, that's been what 3 years ago now. Yeah, we uh we came to the church uh Sometime in the spring of nineteen, okay, and we got Zane. It would have had to be before May because we got we got Zane in May of two thousand nineteen. Okay. I think we started going to the church probably in March then. Okay, yeah, yeah. So just a couple months after yeah. he started coming, yeah. So uh, you know, so we get Zane, which since we've adopted him, we adopted him about a year ago. Um, before we adopted him, we actually had, uh, yeah, at, before we adopted him, we had Lawson. Our seventh. Yeah. But uh, but even well before Zane even, when we were talking about adoption, and, you know, we didn't know if we were going to have any more ourselves, but we came to the realization that, you know, there's there's different ways God could use us in ministry, but we feel like probably our main ministry is raising kids. Yeah. And, you know, even if that's to our old age, mm-hmm. um, we feel like that might be where God's calling us. Yeah. Well, you think about what you guys are doing as parents and raising children and raising them in the way you are. The impact, and this is what people overlook so often, uh, used to, there are stories of missionaries who would have their kids stay in America and then the dad and mom would go overseas and they would give their lives to missions and they would leave their children behind. And that would be just celebrated like oh my goodness look at the sacrifice in reality biblically it is a complete rejection of god's purposes and god's god's ways and the impact that you guys have through this commitment like this ministry of raising your children up is i mean you're going to be an old man one day and looking back you know lord willing and seeing oh my goodness look what god's done you know through the lives of your children and grandchildren and yeah and just well, pretty cool to think about. I do. Uh, I I do honestly. That is one thing that goes through my mind. I want to have. I want to have a big impact on this world. I mean, in a, in a small way. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if we have eight kids, I don't know how many we're gonna have. I'm not. I'm not gonna put a number on it. Um, I'm not going for my own TV show necessarily. <laughs> but uh, you know, and I just and it, this has never been an issue either. I I'm not afraid of what my kids are gonna turn out to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just trust God, and uh, one thing that comes to my mind, I think it was a book I read by J.C. Ryle. Yeah. Uh, he has something in there about, uh, you know, you can't give your kids salvation. Um, you don't have control of that, but, you know, you... And then he used he kind of went in from that to give an example of the servants at the wedding at Cana. All they did was put water into the jugs and mm-hmm. they did not have to turn that into wine yeah that's good God tur- or jesus turned that into wine so all i have to do is fill my kids with water yeah and just trust that god's going to turn that to wine yeah 
Well, I mean, I love that. And one of the things that I've wanted our people to expect and wanted for like us, I fully expect for all of my children to walk with the Lord. I guess just the expectation. And I expect that my grandchildren will walk with the Lord. And yeah. that's what I'm expecting to happen. And uh, he's giving, given us our children. He's giving, given you your children for a reason, you know, and that is to raise them up the way God would have you raise them up and then watch God work. Okay. So with a, a family of seven, with a family of eight, um, how does discipline work in your home? I'm sure there has to be consistency between you and Brandy on, on how you do that. One's the enforcer. One's the, I'm sure one's the, um, not that there's not enforcement there, but how do you guys do discipline? And I know you're gone at work, just like most people, most men are, are gone out and about. Right. And how, how does that work with your family when, uh, you know, your age ranges are so far? How, how do you keep that consistent? And how, how do you guys do that? Well, I mean, to start from an early age, we, we like to teach them discipline. I mean, even Lawson now, I mean, it, not even two, you know, we're, we're starting to correct his behavior. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we start young, and then you just have to be consistent with them. Um, as far as type of punishment goes, we like, we like to get spankings out of the way from when they're young yeah. through toddler. We don't, we don't like to spank once they're, once they're past that toddler stage. Not that I haven't. Right. But... Um, the the hope is that once we get past that kind of toddler area stage four or five, that uh, they don't need them anymore, mm-hmm. and then we can we can go to other uh, you know forms of punishment, you know like taking things away. Yeah, we call it losing privileges. Yeah, so, you know, lose a privilege. Ransom had a this morning before I came down. We had to take a privilege away, a Lego privilege. Mm. So he had this. That's he, a bad one. Yeah, man. He so he lost it for the whole day. He's pretty upset about that. Uh, okay, so now let's uh, so from discipline to um, instruction. So how do you guys? As I know, you homeschool, mm-hmm. and so Brandy's spending a lot of time and uh, effort to to teach them, and I know you do as well. So what does in- biblical instruction look like, or family worship look like for you guys? Is that a regular, or do you spend one on one time with them, talking through Bible stories, through praying for them? What's the the culture of the home look like when it comes to that stuff? Well. To start, I've got to give all glory to God that my kids who are the, who who they are, um, because one of my sins as a father, over the years, and I've I've been working this working on this especially over the last uh, probably five or six years is being a little more passive. I've been too passive hmm. in you know ministering to my family. Um, I mean, God's always been kind of a focal point in our house, mm-hmm. but there's been there's been periods of time where we really didn't spend time in the word I didn't spend time praying with my kids mm-hmm. so I have I've had to repent from from doing that yeah. I had to repent to them repent to God um, but yeah I mean we, we try to stay consistent with uh, you know just knowing how important it is to you know to get into God's word mm-hmm. um, to pray with them yeah I probably don't pray with them individually enough mm-hmm. um, but we do a lot of uh, family prayer time good family a lot of family Bible time uh one thing again that I've kind of struggled with is doing more individual time with them mm-hmm. with Bible, uh, but here lately we've actually been doing. Uh, I've kind of split up Charlotte and Zane, and a little bit of Liam into uh, just going through, you know, just Bible kind of uh, 
Catechism. Yeah, catechism. Yep. Lost the word there. It's all right. <laughs> um, you know, just basic, uh, just good questions, and they, mm-hmm. you know, they'll have good answers for them. So we've actually started doing that. Uh, so not quite individual time, yeah. but but uh, a little more focused to maybe their age group. That they say that like after three, you got to go man, or after two, it's they say man to man to zone. You gotta like you, yeah, you can't yeah. you can't it's not the one on one you gotta have groups you right. know with you guys you gotta have groups <laughs> yeah uh, and actually from our time at the uh, um, the homeschool conference yeah we went to this class and it was a uh, Bible memorization class and we've done Bible memory with our kids it's in their curriculum but there's never been any really follow up I don't it's never it's never been like uh, like really important for me to mm-hmm. to make sure that they're memorizing scripture and that they're in God's word. I mean, because I mean the Bible calls us to yeah. to hide God's word in our heart so we don't sin against Him. Uh, I mean, there's many examples in the Bible where you know they're they're able to use what they know from scripture to 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 battle sin or not to do something wrong. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of Nehemiah, yeah, Jesus Himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, I, I had to repent of that, and it really hit me. You know that I need to take this more seriously. I need to get my kids actually taking it seriously to know Scripture. So, uh, so that's what we've been doing. We've uh, yeah. a lot of their, uh, a lot of our focus right now has been memorizing Scripture. That's good. And I might might be bribing them a little. Yeah, them, I'll give them two dollars for every. Uh, <laughs> Two dollars for every memory verse. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's not just you know like oh dad I just memorized a verse. Uh, you know, give me my two dollars. No, that's not how it works. So we're actually going through this book that I got from the uh, homeschool conference. Okay. And it's twenty-eight weeks. Uh, one, well, there's three memory verses each week. Okay. Um, that's a little tough. I told them they could do one to three, but they have to memorize at least one. Okay. Every week, yeah. and so at the end of it, they have to tell me the memory verses. That's so it's not just. Cool. It's not just you know cram it real quick and then spit it out but they've actually got to you know they've actually got to work at it and get it in their mind yeah in their heart that's good we're going to wrap things up here in a few minutes but i want to hear you you guys some sometimes families can just be especially large families it's easy to feel like you can't ever get ahead it just everywhere you go it's just people talk about kids and family as if it's just so exhausting and if you don't know, like video folks, my screen is going dark. That's why every once in a while I'm leaning up here. And for those on the audio, they're like, what in the world are you talking about? So I'm leaning forward on the video to hit the screen to make it come back awake. Um, when you guys show up places, it seems like you are you don't ever seem exhausted. You probably are exhausted at times. But it doesn't seem like your kids are sucking the life out of you. You know what I mean? And that I've heard that before where parents are just oh my gosh, it's just so hard, it's so hard, and it's just complaining about being a parent. And I want to challenge you personally to not do that. I mean, don't do that. Don't act, and especially don't let your kids hear you say things like, oh my goodness, they're just so draining and exhausting. But with you guys, you have your children that are more children than most people have, and yet I don't view you, you and Brandy, as exhausted people everywhere you go. You're not showing up, letting everybody know how tired you are and how how difficult life is being parents of, you know, seven children. Yeah. So um, just speak to that a little bit. And, you know, how, how do you guys structure your life? Or is it just God giving you just the, the energy? Or is it the way you guys parent 
that helps you guys have such a what seems like just a real culture of peace and joy, even through the midst of all the things you got to do. Yeah, I, again, I just got to give credit to God, uh, and and believe me, I I'm tired. Brandy's tired, mm-hmm. but you know, we 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 like this life, and you know, sometimes our kids are tiring, and then there's other times I'm sitting in the room. We're all sitting together. And it's like, where where is everybody? Oh, wait a second, everybody's in here. You know, it's just so peaceful mm-hmm. at times. It's crazy how, you know, just the way the world looks at kids. Then I could be sitting in a room with seven of them, and you know, it's as peaceful as it is. Um, you know, we also we also like to be a light to the world. You know, as as far as big families go, we we like to show people that kids are a blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. like what Brandy always used to preach to me. Uh, <laughs> you know, there is nowhere in the Bible that that talks about kids not being a blessing i mean women long to have them mm-hmm. so we like to you know we like to portray that as uh as they're a blessing they're not a hindrance to our lives yeah uh you know i'm not i'm not crediting us for this but when we started going to the church it seemed like there was a bit of a baby boom i know right <laughs> been i don't know if that's a coincidence babies <laughs> everywhere you guys show up yeah. and uh, out pops a but bunch that, of babies. That's how God used us. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, yeah. I'll take it. That's, uh-huh. that's great. Yeah, because when you came, we didn't have many larger families. And, you know, for us, we have the three. We're hoping for more. Um, it is a hard line. I, I don't know that line of, you know, the Bible. I was answering a question earlier from the Q&A, and they were asking about, you know, birth control and family planning and that kind of thing. And um, it's hard to know because, you know, Jordan's had three C-sections. And you start to get into some territory, and you guys have been there, where it's, it can be scary, you know. Yeah. And, and it is tough to know. Biblically, you have this window of 30 years or so, you know, of, of women being able to have children. And most women aren't getting married until they're, you know, almost 20. And then there's ends up being this 20 to 25-year period or whatever that you're having children. And it's just tough to know, you know, uh, the, the line of, Healthy, not healthy, all those sorts of things. But I think uh, you never err if you're trusting in the Lord and seeking yeah. wisdom and, and asking for help to make those kinds of decisions. I mean, one of uh, one of our the greatest blessings, I think Brainy could agree with this that we received was we and we've struggled with this. You know, like you know, how should we control kids? We've come to the agreement that. You know, we don't want to use any sort of birth control. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not a scientist or anything, but as as far as I know, know that you know, and I could be wrong. We don't either. But, any kind of pills and that kind of stuff, we don't do. But from my understanding, you know, the uh, the the sperm can get to the egg and you know fertilize, but yeah. then at at that point, I think it's when the birth control keeps it from getting to where it's going. Mm-hmm. So that that's what we have an issue with 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 birth control, if that's how it works. And again, I I could be wrong. Right. Um, so anyway, we yeah we've struggled with this. Uh, you know how do we how do we control the amount of children we have? Uh, should we control it? And then actually with this, uh, gotta think of my my timeline here. Uh, I don't actually I can't I don't know when we actually would have conceived him off the top of my head or mm-hmm. I say him I'm actually hoping it's a girl you know the newest baby coming um, kind of seems like you're one of those old school guys that believes that uh, their gender is uh, determined by God and and fixed in the womb or something like that well, you're not gonna let your child determine what no no, <laughs> no I, I determine it before they're 
<laughs> but when I'm, I, I seem to always be right. Do you? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember where I was going with that. Um, I don't know, but it's been fun. It's been a good conversation. You know, it's going to hit you though when, when you're driving out the driveway and think, yeah. "Oh, that's where that thought was going." Right. But it's such it's a good it's a good thing to see, and I just you guys being a part of the church. We saw that video that you made. Oh yeah, and I'm glad I, you liked it. Oh my gosh, it was so good, dude! It was so good. I'll put a, if it's okay a link to that in the show notes. This won't come out for a few weeks, but for everybody that knows Daniel and Brandy, their family is just such a gift. Just their friendship. Oh, I such thought a gift. of it. Okay, I'm yeah, sorry. go for it. Go for so, it. So, uh, so like I said, we we've kind of struggled about how we want to go about keeping uh, like controlling the amount of children we have. Um, and we've used a way that has worked pretty well, but even that, we decided, you know what, let's just let's just give it to God, see what happens. Mm-hmm. So we did, and you know, so I'm thinking, okay, I'm really fertile. Brandy's really fertile, obviously. <laughs> so she's she's gonna be pregnant, like you know, first time that she's supposed to start a cycle, she's gonna be pregnant. Mm-hmm. And it didn't happen. Hmm. And it didn't happen again. And I, it's not like I didn't want her to get pregnant, but I was like, okay, God, this is you showing me that you hmm. were actually in control. Wow. And just because we put our, you know, we put our faith in you in this, and, you know, we can do that. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he controls when she's going to get pregnant. Yeah. So yeah, he kind of just used that to to show us. So, so her not getting pregnant was uh, was a blessing. Yeah, you know? that's cool. It's kind of fun. It's cool to see God working that way as well. So here, here's the challenge. Men... Don't ever, ever just, I mean, draw a line in the sand and don't ever cross it. Children are a blessing from the Lord. And there are a lot of difficult questions when you're talking about having kids and how many kids to have and the Christian ethics questions behind that. But as we're shepherding people, even in our church, through this, what we always want to remind them is that children are a blessing. And the scriptures are clear, exactly what Daniel and Brandy had said, that there's nowhere in the Bible that calls children anything but that. They're a blessing, they're a gift from the Lord. And so the worst thing in the world, men, for us to do is to be respected by everybody out there in the world and have people out there look at us as good men, as men that they trust, as men that would you know give the very shirt off your back, and then look at their lives of the children, and their children turn to their dad and say, boy, I just don't want to be like my dad. And so how gut-wrenching would that be if our kids were, were like that? And so we want to have our attention on our children in the right sort of way, and uh Certainly, we don't want to neglect our obligations and, and duties in the world and with work. We want to be hard workers, but we want to make sure that we're raising our kids and, and loving them the way God would have us raise them and love them. And it's it's a blessing. Kids are awesome, and uh, it's cool. You know, it's a, it's an extra gift to be able to watch you guys, and, and hopefully, people watch Jordan and I as we parent. It's fun to see other parents do a good job, and then seeing families be healthy and, and have fun. It's just a neat thing to see. And so I was, you know, Liam's always showing up with like gloves on or a hat or some sort of like belt with weapons strapped on. And Liam's our coolest kid. <laughs> He's very cool. And uh, anyways, but man, I thanks so much for coming on and, and talking about this and appreciate your example. And, and uh, we love you guys a ton. Oh, thank so. you. I'm uh, kind of honored that you wanted to yeah. bring me on. Absolutely. Okay, guys, been talking to Daniel Presley. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. For more information, please go to theshepherdscrook.co.